If you want to take your Bible and turn to Acts 2, 37. Acts 2, 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remissions of sin, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promises unto you and to your children, and to all that are far off, for and even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. When then they gladly received the word, were baptized, and same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Verse 46, And they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, and did, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Heavenly Father, we do thank thee again for thy mercies and blessings, and that we might, uh, by thy grace and mercies, that we might see the truth in thy word, and that we might see the error of others, and in all things that you might be magnified and glorified. In Jesus Christ's name, I pray these things. For your mercy upon each one that will hear this words, and that I would be honored and glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Believe and be baptized is one of the title message. I should have said, heir. Uh, heirs of this passage and there's several if you take chapter 2 uh, with tongues and all of that which we're not but if we take just the second chapter of Acts there's many of this much of this has been corrupted and um, sometimes we act, think of Acts 2.38 as Camelite uh, doctrine you know but this whole section here if you use a Catholic a Ecclesiastical type church, <clears throat> Lutheran and and uh, and uh, <clears throat> Presbyterian, and we can just name all kinds of different churches that believe all this, and they be believe uh, baptism regenerates, and so we're that's the main subject. But we're also going to deal with the how do you baptize three three thousand in one day? You wouldn't think that people would even. <clears throat> even doubt the scriptures and they say well how would they do that and then the other the last one we won't do too much uh, about but uh, breaking bread from house to house and uh, and you say well what's wrong with that well many take the Lord's Supper from house to house and they use this verse here and you can see they eat the meat with singing gladness and, of course, there's a verse up here that speaks about them breaking bread in 42. And it says, And they continued steadfastly in the doctrine, apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread in their, and in prayers. And then they connect that with 46. And verse 35, Until I make my foes thy footstool, therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. And so that's the back uh, setting for the following verses. And this is a story of how twisting the scriptures and comparing scripture with scriptures, if you will, uh, should eliminate that. But uh, we think about the many passages in the Bible that have been corrupted and, and there's 
I think just about anything that you can think of, they, they've corrupted one way or the other. And, and part of it is, as we think about the devil's work, and sometimes we forget that, yes, with the Spirit of God works in, in his church, among his people, but the devil's working among his people. And uh, he can add some to the church also. And we know they're not added before God, but they are added to the local body. And this is sometime where these heretical groups come from and start from. And I, and I mentioned Campbell, but uh, he was in the Southern Baptist churches in eastern Kentucky. And uh, when he was preaching uh, <clears throat> and corrupting churches and and some uh, cities, I mean some counties in Tennessee, the whole Baptist community went uh, Camelite. So uh, that uh, we think, well, how could one guy, you know, well, they, they go to association meetings or hold group meetings for people and then preach their heresy. And so <clears throat> we need to be careful that we, as the Bereans did, they went home to see if the yeah, when Paul and them spoke, be sure that that's what it said, the scripture, and they searched the scripture to make sure that was right. And so they, <clears throat> some things sound good, and some things may even sound right, uh, but that doesn't make them scriptural. <clears throat> we find that uh, they preach or lost, if you will, and do, separated from God, and they will end up in outer darkness. The problem sometimes is, though, even good men are persuaded by error and uh, fall into this trap and really uh, <clears throat> preaching that which they shouldn't preach. Uh, this is a hard passage because of the improper non-biblical interpretation of many. I isolate this passage from context and <clears throat> foregone verses. It is in the context of the gospel, having been preached to them was and and those that they were, uh, if you will, the evangelistic, they were calling them to Christ. <clears throat> and so, <clears throat> so anyway, they, uh, <clears throat> some were not con- uh, convinced, and and of course they was guilty sinners before Almighty God, and. And they questioned about everything the apostles said. The Judaizers and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they uh, were really concerned about this new doctrine that they was preaching, and they was doing everything, anything, and everything they could do to stop it and to, if you will, uh, prevent it from growing. And in this passage that we read uh, this afternoon, we know 3,000 souls was on the day of Pentecost were uh, saved and about, it says, 3,000 souls and, and were baptized. <clears throat> we, uh, when we try to make a verse stand alone by itself, and sometimes this is what people speak about as they interpret the Scripture verse by verse, <clears throat> but the Bible doesn't stand by itself. It stands all together. It's not just uh, we say, well, we got the book of this, book of that, and so on and so forth. It's one book. Uh, it has many parts to it, and, uh, and uh, we see the difference between the speakers and the writers, and some use different words different ways and sometimes, and we can get into all of that. But the, the point I'm making is that's the reason we, we uh, compare Scripture with Scripture, that we would end up knowing that 
You can't wash away sins in a baptistry, for instance. <clears throat> the Spirit-empowered uh, Word effectually convicts. The empowered Word convinces some of their ungodly sinners that they're ungodly sinners and of their sinfulness. And those that whom the Spirit of God is preparing their hearts, then they are pricked in their hearts and they uh, see the wickedness of their soul and they understand how wicked they are. The Pharisees didn't think they were wicked. They thought they was now perfect. The Sadducees didn't think it mattered. And then the scribes were kind of in between those groups. And then you had those that, <clears throat> that wanted to stop the gospel uh, in any way, shape, or form that they could. Uh, Simon uh, preached, empowered by the Holy Spirit in chapter 2, and convincing them that Jesus is the Christ. There in Acts 29... 229, excuse me, <clears throat> starting there. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you, the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God had, <clears throat> had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to set up on, upon his throne, and he, seeing this, before spake of the resurrection of Christ, and his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus has God raised up, whereof we are all we are witnesses. And therefore, being by the right name, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth his <clears throat> this, uh, which ye now see and hear, because that was speaking in tongues, what he's speaking about, and as they spoke in other languages, and uh, Jesus has God raised up, and they were witnesses to that, and uh, the apostles there were witnessed. Uh, we assume the 120 of the church at that time were witnesses uh, to that, and from indications they all were, but we see that Jesus appeared to many after his resurrection, those whom uh, God chose <clears throat> for him to see him. And he continued uh, 40 days, if you will, uh, in, <clears throat> in different appearances and uh, among the brethren and, <clears throat> and during that time, and they, they were the uh, eyewitnesses, they were the earwitnesses, they <clears throat> knew by the Spirit of God, that this was the very Christ, and that, if you will, that he was dead, had died, and really died, and that he was now living and walking among them. <clears throat> it proved, it reproved many of the gangsayers, as Paul told, uh, <clears throat> told the saints there in Titus 1.9, holding faith, the faithful word, as he has been taught that, he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Now the gainsayers is those that, if you will, try to tear down the word of God, tear down the gospel, tear down, if you will, the word of truth. And so we are to be able as, uh, to renounce or to uh, convince even the gainsayers that Jesus is the uh, literal Christ and we have to remember he's preaching against the whole Jewish nation at that time. I mean, they, <clears throat> uh, all Jews were confident in the law 
And then Moses, and here, they're saying, well, Jesus has done away with that. And so they uh, was trying to, if you will, destroy the gospel of Jesus Christ. Those saved are convinced they are sinners and that Jesus is the Lord. And uh, everyone that's saved by God's amazing grace, Jesus is Lord. I put lordship in my notes that we recognize that he is the Lord over us. He is the one that saved us, delivered us uh, by the, if you will, by the direction of the Father and by the, if you will, the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. The effectual word makes demands. Repentance is toward God and from sin. In Acts 20, <clears throat> Acts 20, 21, and it says, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greek, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we find this is the way of salvation. It's not baptism. It's not, if you will, taking of the Lord's Supper. It is, it is, if you will, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now some, if, if, we, if we understand the difference in doctrine by some, some believe that the, the baptism of children, that saves them. They have, they have really no ideal of sin. They don't have any ideal of righteousness. They can't talk. They can't walk. They can't do anything on their own. And so they, have, they don't know how to go to their left hand or to their right as the scripture speaks of it. And so and they have no ability to be saved in the sense that they could make a profession of faith and, and uh, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's impossible. But they don't say they do that. I mean, they declare that the baptism washes away their sin and then then they're being taught and instructed in the things of God as they grow older, and then, uh, and then they know these truths. But they really never say that well, you have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved, and then the others is to complete your salvation. You have believed in Jesus, now you need to complete it. And so both of them is depending on something else besides Jesus Christ for salvation. Faith is a companion of repentance. Repentance and saving faith goes hand in hand. And we notice a lot of times it speaks of repentance unto faith. If you have repentance, you'll have faith. If you don't have faith, you're not going to repent. And so they go hand in hand. Which comes first? Well, usually we say you repent, but if you repent, then faith is right there. And the only reason that you repent is because you know that Jesus is the Christ and that you're a sinner. And you're convinced of that by the Spirit of God. Godly repentance always brings faith. Could we substitute baptism for any of the following? Repentance, 2 Corinthians 7.10, for godly sorrow work of repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death. A true Holy Spirit con- <coughs> conviction brings, if you will, godly sorrow. Sorrow over sin because of what God thanks of sin, sorrow because of uh, the love of Christ, the kind of sorrow always accompanies salvation. And true, the Holy Spirit conviction brings uh, carefulness in the place of uh, carelessness. And we could go on, but you can't replace repentance with baptism. It just doesn't work. And you can't use baptism to replace uh, faith. 
the convert, if you will, called sin and sin. Sin, sin, as it mentions there in the book of Acts there, where this is part, I mean Romans, if you will, this is part of salvation, is that we actually call sin, sin. We don't say, well, I don't know, they they say it might be sin, but I don't believe it, or, uh, well, what I'm doing is not really sin, what somebody else is doing is sin. And, and the point of the uh, of the of scriptures, if you will, that in chapter seven of Romans there is that you call sin sin. This is a this is a evidence of conversion, and that those pet sins that you've been doing that you thought they was perfectly all right, that you see them as they really are, that they're sin before God, <clears throat> like being caught in a trap. You see that. Uh, this is part of conviction of the Holy Spirit. He convinces you that you're a sinner. And that's the first thing that happens when you're convinced that you're a sinner. You see no hope. I mean, where's the hope in that? Because we know that the <clears throat> that sin, if you will, and <clears throat> deliver you into the hands of, uh, of the judgment of God into hell. There's no de- deliverance from that except through Jesus Christ. And so you have to know that you're a sinner. And, and you're in a sin's trap that you can't get your way out. You can't dig out of it. You can't, you can't if you will, sweet talk your way out of it. You can't sing a song to get out of it. You can't be baptized to get out of it. True Holy Spirit convincing brings uh, in, uh, indignation over and against sin. Some things they once thought to be good, now we know to be evil. And they now hate things that they once cherished. And the baptism can't cause that. You could be baptized ten times and never bring conviction once. You could be baptized over and over again, but you'll never know sin and sin until the Holy Spirit convinces you. This John uses the word convinced there. And it convinces you that you are a sinner. And most of us, I told somebody I was perfect <laughs> and until the conviction of the Holy Spirit come upon me because I was a... I was a pretty good Pharisee, I thought. I, I look at other people and think, well, I wouldn't do that. So that made me better than them. And, and if I heard a preacher cuss or something, it just tickled me to death because I knew that I was better than that. And if he made it, surely I would. But that night when the Spirit of God convicts me and convinced me of my sin, I saw myself as low as low could be. And this is a part of what the Spirit of God does. He lowers us to our to our lowest, if you will, level that you can imagine the, the, the terrors of that which faces you, and then he shows us Jesus. A deliverer and how he delivers us from our sins. Baptism, of course, can't do that. In Acts 2, 38, in the last part, repent and be baptized, that obeying God by baptism, immersion in the water, give you a good conscience toward God. Now, what's is speaking when we talk about having a good conscience toward God. Jesus said, be baptized. There in Matthew, he speaks of that. There was he <clears throat> baptized in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Who? Those that have believed. And, and those that they made disciples of, they were to baptize. This gives us a good conscience toward God because he had done what he told us to do. And he tells us to, be, to believe and be baptized. And if we say, well, I'm scared of water. I'm afraid to get in the pool. I believe sprinkling will be all right. 
And, of course, the word baptism itself just means immersion. You, just, you can't get nothing else out of it but that. <laughs> but nonetheless, if you will, baptism, if, if you will, will give you good conscience because you followed the Lord's instruction. And not only will that give you good conscience, but by following the Lord and doing what he says, that will continue to give you a good conscience toward God. In the like manner, we are baptized unto Jesus, our mediator, our high priest, and this Moses there in 1 Corinthians 10.2, and we're all baptized unto Moses in the cloud in the sea, and of course that's the Red Sea. I heard someone preach one time that they was all saved. They went across the Red Sea. And, I, and, he, and after that he had preached it, I said, it didn't last long, did it? I said, as soon as they got to that shore over there and run out a little water, uh, and they was ready to forsake Moses and God and everybody and go back to Egypt. And so I said, that salvation didn't last them long. Uh, let me say, all they did was not get wet. That's all they did. They just walked across the Red Sea. That didn't change them. And they were still the stubborn, obstinate Jews, <laughs> Hebrews, that they were on one side when they got on the other side. I think they was, uh, would have been marveled at what God had done and bringing them over, but that didn't convert them, if you will, as it's clearly seen by other scriptures, scriptures after that. And to do the, in the name of Jesus is do what he says to do and do it like he says do it. When we say, well, we do all things in the name of Jesus, Colossians 3.17, and whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And so I said, well, I don't think it makes any difference when you sprinkle or whatever, <clears throat> because, you know, it's just a symbol anyway. It's just, uh, it just an ordinance or sacrament, depends on what group you're in. And so they said, well, the sprinkling won't make any difference. What does make a difference? Because we're to do what the Lord said and do it the way He said it. Both of them, if we do one and don't do the other, then, if you will, we have not obeyed the Lord. And so He must do as He said to do it. Jesus tells us to pray to the Father in His name by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. And some would say, well, you know, pray to the Holy Spirit and there's not one prayer. Uh, I found anywhere, I've challenged many that speaks of that if they just show me one. Now, there are some prayers to Jesus. You can find them in the Scriptures, but there's none to the Spirit of God. They always ask the Father or the Son to send the Spirit of God. And, and so, if we will, when we pray, we should do it like Jesus say said to pray to the Father in His name. Jesus commands us to baptize and tells us how, as we mentioned there in Matthew 28, 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Some said, well, we should baptize in the name of the Lord. And they get that from the book of Acts. And they say, well, they baptize them in the name of the Lord. And, and what, what are they talking about? Well, they gave them the Lord's baptism. Exactly what they did. But you think they would do the baptism of the Lord and not do it the way he said do it? <clears throat> and we don't baptize three times, as I mentioned, as some do. <clears throat> but it speaks of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
And when you're saying your salvation, it is the Father that chose you. It is Jesus that died for you. And it is the Holy Spirit that regenerated you. And so you cannot say, well, I'm just saved by Jesus alone or whatever, if you will. They were saved by God and in three persons. And so we cannot, if you will, contribute, say, well, this is one that way we find it speaks of God our Savior. It speaks of Jesus our Savior, Redeemer, Lord. And it speaks of the Father's being Lord. But we don't see that about the Spirit. We see usually called the Spirit of God. <clears throat> in Acts 2.38, in the latter part, baptism for the remission of sins is to baptize because of the declaration of the remission of sins. Luke 3, 3 and 7 and 8. And he came into all the country about Jordan, preaching and baptizing of repentance for the remission of sins. Then said he to the multitude that came forth to be baptized of him, O generation of vipers, who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come. Bring forth therefore fruits worthy of repentance and, and begin not to say within yourselves we have Abraham to our father. For I said unto you that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Now think what John the Baptist done there. He denied him salvation. I mean if you believe that baptism saves you, and he denied them salvation. Because he refused to baptize them. He said, you scoundrels. That's what he's saying to them. You scoundrels. You're just up here for a show. But you show some signs of repentance. Yeah. And let me say to you. As he looked at them. And I don't know what all they did. He said, I see no repentance whatsoever among you. So therefore, I'm not baptizing you. If baptism saves you, then he, called, he condemned all those to hell. But if baptism is <clears throat> showing what your change of heart has been, that is, uh, that you've repented of your sins, as in the case of John, baptism of repentance, uh, then there's fruit that goes with that. One of them is love Jesus, or to love God, in that case, in John the Baptist, and to him that was to come. Why did John the Baptist then not save those? In Acts 8, 36 and 37, And as they went on their way, they, uh, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If thou believest with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And there in verse 38, Philip baptized him. But he wasn't going to baptize him if he didn't believe. He had to believe first and be baptized. And let me say, uh, most of the time when you see the gospel preached, they don't add baptism on the end of it. They do to the converts after they've been saved. But that's not a part of the gospel message. No more than the Lord's Supper is part of the gospel message. You don't have to have a wafer on your tongue and and a sip of wine or dipped in wine, or the priest drank the wine for you uh, to be saved. That won't save you at all if that's what you depend on. What will we think of dead or alive poster offering rewards from 
500 to $25,000. Jesse James wanted for murder and bank robbery. Do they want to find Jesse James so he could murder some more people, rob more banks, or because he had murdered and robbed banks? And, of course, the four there is because of that is... <coughs> We, when it, Acts 2.38, when it speaks of that for the remission of sin, is because their sins have been remitted. And just like Jesse Jane poster, they didn't want him to come and murder more people. They wanted him to be caught and put in jail and, uh, and hang him. Uh, and so for the promise, Acts 2.39, for the promise is unto you, and your children to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so we see then that if God doesn't call them, you're wasting your time baptizing them. It won't do any good at all. They've got to be called first. And then after they've called and have repented of their sins and have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, then we would baptize them. God was and is calling out a people. And sometimes we say, well, I don't think God's saving many people at this time. And we've noticed this throughout all the scriptures. Sometimes there's great numbers being saved and awakenings that we read about in earlier times in America and in England and different places and in China at one time. And uh, But then it seems like, you know, things are not as in time to time. Well, that's God's business. We ask God to send revival, but it's His business. <clears throat> he takes care and according to His good will and purpose. <clears throat> repent, verse 40, repent from this untoward and wicked, this untoward and wicked generation. Uh, save yourselves through the one preach, Jesus. And so the repentance, of course, you have to turn from your sins. And believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The effectual word, word brought results. Baptism is an outward show of an inward uh, result. How can you baptize 3,000 one day? Is baptism the order of the church? If only the 12 apostles did the baptism, not just all the ordained men, but if just the apostles done it with two helpers. Now, and not help him them baptize, just help, just help them get the people there to them. Uh, if they lined up uh, in twelve lines with at least two helpers per apostle, they could at least baptize one a minute apiece, and it would be about twelve minute twelve per minute. It would take two hundred and fifty minutes, four hours and sixteen minutes, if you will, to baptize three thousand. If they pushed them under. Instead of laying them down like this, just push them under, then it goes down to three hours that you could baptize 3,000 people with 12 apostles. And if they do like we do today, uh, what most some do, if you will, now most even the baptizing the rivers, they usually have them lined up in just one at a time. But if the preacher made a little speech over each one of them, just, just saying, rather than just saying, I baptized you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, if they if they made a little speech over each one and and if they were uh, if they were wait for the one to get all the way back and then them go down it's tw- twelve to twenty hours 
<clears throat> and I just said that, that this is some of the foolishness that people come to attack the scriptures with. And I was particularly looking, of course, at, at Acts 2. <clears throat> they were not baptized to finish their salvation nor to wash away their sins, but to show forth the matter, if you will, what Jesus did for them. <clears throat> they died to self, Romans 6, 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. And that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. God added to the church that day uh, 3,000 and later in that week, five more thousand, and and we don't know how many beyond that. It doesn't give us the numbers. It just says, it's not, I think one place says multitude, and that's not a number. <clears throat> and so... Uh, we find that, uh, and all were baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, not to be safe, but uh, because of God's amazing grace toward them <clears throat> and save them. <clears throat> and if we see in this Romans 6, 4, is a picture of baptism. <clears throat> and the picture is here that we are buried with Him. That when we baptize, we're buried with Christ into death. That's the death of the old man. We, I mean, it speaks of newness of life, me, new creatures in, the, in Christ. And so we uh, come out, if you will, of our salvation, not baptism, but when God saves us as new creatures in Christ, and, 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 excuse me, and was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And so as Christ was raised into glory, that is resurrected, we're brought out of the water, and it pictures Christ's resurrection, but it also pictures our, if you will, newness of life, that the old man's been buried, and that and the new man has come forth, if you will, and... We are. To, that's what the baptism shows, and it doesn't do anything else but is a memorial or a picture of what Jesus has done for us. When the Spirit of God makes the Word effectual, we are convinced of our sins. And uh, however, if you are not now, then one day you will be. With, uh, will be when the Lord comes. That is, will be changed into His likeness when He comes, and. Some have gone on before us, and they're waiting to be changed, if you will, completely. Jude 15 speaks about though the Lord when he comes, and it says this. <clears throat> to execute judgment upon all, and to convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed, and of all their hard speeches, which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. <clears throat> we think about when the word is effectual, it makes demands, it brings results, repentance will ensue, salvation is a result of it. <clears throat> we don't have to depend upon what the preacher can do. He can baptize it and put a wafer in our tongue, mouth, or have a regular Lord's Supper, but that won't do nothing for you. <clears throat> you have people pray over you or pray through, as 
some of the churches where I was brought up, they'd come to have an altar and they'd all pray through. But you can't pray through unless God opens the gate. If God doesn't open that gate, then you could pray to now to doomsday, as the old saying goes, and it won't save you. There are many methods that people have to be saved. But the only one that God says will do it is that the Holy Spirit comes in against your will or with your will. I may not, you know, well, the Spirit won't come in if you're not willing. No, He comes in. He comes in like a tornado, like a wind, Acts, I mean, in John 3, 8. And it comes in, if you will, and makes changes before you know what's happened. And the first thing you have an inkling that anything's happened to you, that it brings sorrow to you so because of your wickedness. And when you see yourself as wicked as the devil, if you will, and then you see Jesus Christ high and lifted up, that's what the Spirit of God does in regeneration. You say, why do we need regenerated? That spirit we got when we was born is dead as dead could be. It cannot do anything. It cannot believe in Jesus, as the Scripture says. It cannot work for Christ. It cannot work for God. Do good works because if they're not done in Jesus Christ, they're not good works. <clears throat> that spirit is impossible for it to be saved until it's regenerated. Spirit of come, God comes in. We're born again. He regenerates that old dead spirit. Then we can repent. And then we can really believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> what we do need to do, though, is stand against wickedness and those confusion. When people say you can be saved by saying a prayer or writing your name on a piece of paper or putting a wafer on your tongue or baptizing you in a pool, sprinkling you, or if you will, do some good work and, and so on and so forth, they have a dead spirit. It cannot commune with God. It has to be changed. And if you cannot commune with God, then you're his enemy. Because you cannot love God until God's opened up your spirit. 